you're so vain, you probably think this podcast is about you. And if this is Carly Simon listening, you're right. This week on the Story Song Podcast. Welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazell. Every episode on this show, we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And this week, we're talking about a song that, this is a weird one, you guys. It's a mystery, really. Well, this has never happened before. And I want to get this out joke because I'm sure one of you will, ju- will jump on this joke before I do. This is a weird one because, guys, I don't know how to say this. I think this song is about me. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Are we doing Run, Joey, Run again? (laughs) We're talking about the song You're So Vain by Carly Simon. Mm. Um, And yeah, a mystery. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about this in the second half. Oh, yeah. A lot of questions around who, who, uh, who's this song about? This is, I think, one of the few, maybe the only song that we've done where it is legitimately a mystery, where, where it is famously a mystery, where... Nobody knows what this song is about. Right. Well, me, again. Well, it's about you. Uh, but, but besides <laughs> yeah. that. But that says more about you than the song, Dan. <laughs> so here's, what, here's the, the story of the story song. So is it about a very vain man who is super cool <laughs> and probably rich and powerful? And when I say super cool, I don't mean in terms of like, hey, man, that guy's cool. I mean, like, the kind of cool where it's just, like, like the song says, you're always in the right place at the oh, right yeah. time. Just one of those guys. And we've all, we've all known those people, and they are infuriating <laughs> um, as much as you want to be around them. Um, but I think it's also... because... Mm-hmm. I think it's also his perception of himself. Like, other people perceive him as cool because he puts that out there. It's it's that level of vanity that, that he puts, by the way, do you know how cool I am kind of vibe out there. It's not a laid back cool. Right. Yes. He's it, this. You know what? You know, I can tell you one person who this is not about. Okay. The Fonz. Yeah. yeah. It's not about the Fonz. <laughs> yeah. He's just cool by being cool. Yeah. yeah. This person is cool because they're so vain that it comes off as cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, you know what he is? He's too cool for school. But he, but but like you said, the difference between him and the Fonz. And by the way, you have a ju- huge whiteboard, Rachel. If you could just cross off <laughs> Henry cross Winkler, that one off. <laughs> real quick, just cross cross that off. The winks is off. The winks is off. Not about <laughs> HW. Um, but but he knows it. Yeah, and then yeah. so so it's definitely a like a a manufactured thing. I'm yeah. only saying like I could put in as much effort to being this cool and it would not work. I would right, fail right. because I simply do not have the talent or the, you know, sort of inborn yeah. knowledge of how to to do this. Right. But right. he does and he's making it work for him. Yeah, he ma- he like yeah. And I I think it's all put together. I think the difference between someone like him and the Fonz is mm-hmm. and we'll get we'll get to this like as we get through the lyrics, but when something good happens to this guy or there's like some bit of luck um, or something super cool happens, he makes sure that everybody knows it. Yes. 
Whereas yeah. the Fonz yeah. would just be like, yeah, that happened. Well, hey. because the Fonz, <laughs> yeah. that's what I mean. Because the Fonz, the Fonz is just naturally cool. He's he's not putting any work into it. Right. This guy is putting a lot of work. I mean, I there's love- image involved in his coolness. Yes, that's it. It is a it is a perfectly manicured image that he has done. Yeah. Um, I just love the fact that we haven't figured out who is so vain, mm-hmm. but what we have found out is the anti-vain, which is the fonts. <laughs> the fonts. Exactly. <laughs> Didn't expect that so early on in the episode. Yes. Although, I mean, the fonts, I don't want to keep going to the fonts, but the fonts obsessed with his hair. I think we can't admit that. Although, actually, every time he would go to comb his hair, he would decide his hair was perfect. <laughs> yeah. So he, didn't he doesn't that. even have so to that's do actually, it. I take that back. That's, that's right. True. That's right. <laughs> he walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Your All right, so let's start here at the top. Um, and the first lyric is, she whispers, son of a gun. Now, wait, I... Okay, so I've never heard this song. I've... <laughs> okay. <laughs> just reading it. Does she whisper it? Because I, I just assumed reading the lyrics that someone had just told her a joke and she was like, holy <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Well, Rachel, you go ahead. Well, can I say something? Mm-hmm. I never knew that son of a gun was part of this song. Oh, yeah. So... It's really, it's hard to hear. No, I want to be on your side because when I read the lyrics, I was like, or when I found the lyrics online, I was like, yeah. what were you talking about? And then I listened to the song, like the beginning of the song and did not hear it, even though yeah. I was listening for it. And then listened to the top of the song again. And that time I did hear it. And so she just it, whispers it, it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the, it's the over that, like gun. that really cool bass part. Yeah. Yeah. She sort so, of whispers it in, the, in like the silence in between notes. It's, it's very cool. Wow. Yeah. So. I feel like I should listen closer to the lyrics of songs. <laughs> <laughs> Have I got a podcast for you? <laughs> it's called Fresh Air. It's great. Oh, uh, man. That, that Terry Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think we can frame this as her saying son of a gun is just her thinking back. Mm. on this person and it's just like almost like you said like son of a gun like i hate this person and yet there's just something i cannot i cannot deny there is something fascinating about them but son of a gun that that guy holy moly or like she's Um, she's having she's having this memory of this guy and she's like how did this just enter my memory out of nowhere right Right. why why am i still thinking about you yes she saw an apricot scarf and just was mm-hmm. brought right back. That's it. So she says, you walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. First off, great, great opener. Great first line. We're already oh, in good man. hands. That's fantastic. And from that opening line, you know everything you need to know about this guy. Yes. Because like 
he's not walking onto a yacht, but you know how someone would walk onto a yacht. It's somebody right. who it's like Norma Desmond descending a staircase. Like it is somebody yeah. who is making <laughs> yep. an entrance to be noticed and talked about. So with this person, when they walk into a party, like they're walking onto a yacht, mm-hmm. they like, you know, exactly like you said, like it's super smooth and cool. Like everybody looks at them. When I walk into a party, like I'm walking onto a yacht, it looks like this. Whoa. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Okay. No, I'm good. I'm good. No, no, wait. Okay. No, I'm good. I'm good now. I'm good. Now. Just I'm good gotta now. get my sea legs. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, she's yeah. saying you As walked I... into the party like you were seasick, so you should probably go home. Yeah, I'm popping Dramamine into my mouth and drinking some water, which then, like, I the boat moves, so it kind of slips and it dribbles down my chin and onto my shirt. But that's how I walk right. into a party, like I'm walking into a yacht. This guy, it's like he's super cool. <laughs> Right. I also like I will say one thing until I really thought about it in my mind, even though obviously the lyrics make this clear in my mind, he was he they were on a yacht. I know. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Always, always thought it was a yacht. Party. Always. But they're not. No, they're not, not at all. On a yacht. No. There you walk into a normal party. But it was like he was walking. On they're at a like yacht. Jeff Goldblum's house. They're not at a yacht. They're yeah, not this a yacht. is this is 100 percent simile. Right. Simile. Metaphor. Simile. Um, yeah. No, it's simile. Yeah. And. In my mind, it's, yeah, there's a party that's on a yacht. Right. Sure. But it's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not on a yacht. Yacht, not. No. (laughs) Not Not yacht. Not yacht. This is not yacht. Not yacht. This This is is not not yacht. (laughs) Please join us on the 17th for our not yacht party. (laughs) Is is that a theme? He walks into the party. You walk into the party. Wait, this song is about me. You walk into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hat strategically dipped below one eye your scarf it was apricot mm. here's one thing i want to say about the scarf mm-hmm. hell yeah it was yeah apricot that's what that's the color you want that's the vainest color i guess that's so, the vainest yeah. color yeah yeah, yeah. because um, because somebody probably walked up to him at this party and was like oh what a lovely orange uh, scarf uh, actually it's it's apricot yeah yeah oh yep that's a hundred percent. Yeah, that is exactly right. Yeah. But he says it in a way where he's being super nice about it, but you still feel like an idiot. Oh, you yeah. can tell that you he's I mean? that he he's gonna go back and be like, that guy thought it was orange. <laughs> Come on. Guy. I mean, and he says and he says, no big deal. It's no big deal. I mean, it's an apricot scarf, but you know, yeah, some yeah. people say it's orange, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But really it's an apricot. The orange one was a lot cheaper, but I decided to go with the apricot because I just felt like it went with the ensemble better. Sometimes, sometimes you know if you don't have an a... eye for shades of orange that's cool i happen right. to have an eye for shades mm-hmm. of orange so it but, just comes naturally i don't know what but it see, is. that's the thing michael here's the thing he wouldn't say maybe you don't have he would say some people don't have yes yes you know what i mean like it's a it's a yes. it's an in real life subtweet where he's clearly talking <laughs> about you but never explicitly says it to you so you can't get mad about it even though everyone including you knows what he's right. saying that's the super that's the super cool part of it. So that's the um, super cool part, but the hat strategically dipped below one eye that he was yeah. standing in front of a mirror for like 15 20 minutes getting this hat perfect. That's the part where he's putting in the too much effort. Yes. That's the lack of effortlessness in his cool. But see, I agree with you, but here's the thing. Again, if I were to strategically dip my hat below one eye, I would look like a dumbass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. This guy, he puts in the work, yet he he makes it work. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I just could I just couldn't pull it off. Like I I cannot imagine being the kind of person. Let me take a step back. One of the benefits of being super cool is that you can do really weird, dumb stuff and people just accept it. Okay. So I cannot imagine being the kind of person who walked into a party wearing apricot scarf and everybody was like, <laughs> yeah, it works for me. Absolutely. Yep. That looks good. That I have zero notes on the fact that you cannot see out of one eye because your hat is covering it and you're wearing a scarf <laughs> in California in the summer. I'm totally <laughs> on board with this. This is totally working for me. The difference between this guy and like, I'm thinking in terms of besides Fonzie, and you could cross these off yep. the board too, like mm -hmm. a Humphrey Bogart, a Cary Grant, a Frank Sinatra, sure. like Frank Sinatra mm -hmm. could put on a hat. It would cover one yep. eye. He would not think about it. And he would just look like oh, the yeah. coolest guy in the world. Oh yeah. This guy is standing in front of a mirror for like a half hour. <laughs> Yeah, trying to get that of... hat to be like, how does Sinatra do it? And then he walks on into the party and he's like, yeah, no, this just happened. Don't touch the hat. There's a lot of yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of effort put into him looking effortless. Yes. Just him. Yeah. Him, yeah. Yeah. Just cut to 45 minutes before going apricot creamsicle. Apricot <laughs> creamsicle. Meanwhile, they're the same. Damn. They're not the same scarf. Janet, they're not the same. OK, they're not the same. <laughs> Look, some people don't understand shades of orange, but it's okay. It's true. It's true. But Dan, Dan, Rachel would probably go to a party wearing like a tangerine scarf. <laughs> Could you imagine? You're gonna wear. You're gonna wear a tangerine scarf scarf to a not yacht party. That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> that is the definition of faux pas. Wow, man! Everyone knows tangerine is passe. Yeah. Um. So. About his hat, yeah. Mm -hmm. Knowing that this was not a yacht party, but thinking that it was absolutely on a yacht, did anybody else picture this as a captain's hat? I absolutely did not. I but... totally <laughs> thought he was wearing a captain's hat. Here's... But I'll go with it, Michael. But I also thought it was a fedora, which sounds ridiculous. Oh, that see, also I was thinking, sounds a little ridiculous. Maybe just because I knew. Maybe just because I'm thinking the '70s. I'm thinking. Do I have the right term here? A page boy hat. Yeah, a newsboy. Oh, page boy hat. You I don't mean, know, a but like hat? the kind that's like, like the kind that like uh, I don't know, the Jackson Five might wear. You know what I mean? Like that kind oh, of like puffy hat with uh, the brim. Yeah. Uh, that's a like kind of a newsboy hat. A newsboy. Okay, maybe yeah. newsboy is the word I want. But anyway, I'm imagining that, but like kind of a smaller version, maybe, mm -hmm. and then like put over. Oh, that could down. be. That could be. I think that's yeah. Cool. yeah. I'm imagining yeah. a um like a top hat, and it's just really uncomfortable <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> I mean, it's like this yeah. thing. Well, this thing's top heavy. I know this won't work for the audience, but I'm I am currently wearing a Mets baseball cap. Let me. What do you guys think? Does this? <laughs> oh, it's perfect. This down it's over perfect. One eye? It's perfect. You know what it looks like? You know what? Effortless. Looks beautiful, Clark. You know what I? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think it is? This is the '70s. Is the '70s? He stole this from Joni Mitchell. It's just a beret. Okay. It's just oh, a beret it over could one be eye. A beret. You know. Yeah. But yeah. do you call a, a beret a hat? You don't. I mean, it technically also, is. Also, you so dip your beret over below one eye, there's no way you're looking effortless. You look drunk. Oh, yeah. you know what well, it might depends. be? If the little flap is down. <laughs> if he's literally pulling the thing over <laughs> the eye. Flap, yeah. like, like I buy all my berets four sizes too big. <laughs> they fit over my eye. Um, I think uh -huh. it might be, what if it's like a Santa Claus hat? And instead of like okay. the little pom pom part going backwards, it goes forward, and that's what's covering mm -hmm. his eye. 
cute. Yeah. So if, cute. Oh, yeah. Because what if it's like a winter hat, right? But he's pulled it down, and so he's basically dumb Donald from uh, <laughs> from Fat Albert. Man, like, we were going to has... give our theories of who we thought it was <laughs> in the next part, Dan. Not, Come on. It's not dumb Donald. Mushmouth <laughs> is still on the board, you guys. <laughs> Uh, Rachel really liked that one. Okay. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, hey, hey, hey. So, you, uh, you have a shoes with one eye. Your scarf was apricot. You had one eye in the mirror as you watched yourself gavotte. Okay. Quick, mm-hmm. quick, uh, survey of the podcast. Did anyone know what that word was? Not, not, not what it means. I'm just saying, did you know she was saying the word gavotte? No. Yes. Okay. No, I did not. You did. Okay. Yes. I did not. All right. Now I know, cause obviously I've looked it up. Does anyone know what that word means? Uh, is it like gallivanting? Like I always thought it was like gallivanting. I feel like my mother or my grandmother used to word the, use the word gavotte. Okay. Michael, any ideas? I know what it means in context. I had to look up specifically what it, it up. meant. Yes. Gavotte is a medium-paced French dance popular in the 18th century. Oh, sure. Yeah, of so, course. But I think um, in the context of this, it means, I don't think, because <laughs> when, I, when I looked that up, I was like, oh, is this like one of those weird like parties that they have on like BBC dramas where everybody's like dressed in, in right. like 17th century costumes and they're just like holding hands and jumping around yeah. in circles <laughs> and there's like a four-piece orchestra? Um, yeah. But I, I don't know if it's like an actual dance party where he's watching himself in the mirror while he's dancing or if it's just sort of like a another word for like strut that's what i think it is i think it's i don't think he's actually sitting there watching himself dance i think he's watching himself move smoothly through the party like i think the idea that it is a french a fancy french dance right um leads me to believe that it's more like yeah what michael's saying like that it's like he's he's moving about this party pretentiously yeah well, and yes. yes, and like Michael is saying, he's moving like a person in a BBC drama moves mm-hmm. through a party as opposed to someone in like a 1970s party should, right. should move through the party. Does that make sense? Like there is yep. a very mannered uh, flair to it. Yeah, yes. And he's watching himself in the mirror as he does it to make sure that he's doing it in the coolest way possible. Either either to make sure and keep checking himself or to admire how well he is. Oh, I think it's both. Doing it. Right. Yeah, yeah both things. I think he's worth Yeah. No, I th- I think he's walking around very much like it's very much like the Vogue video. <laughs> it's very very presentational. It's very like mm-hmm. pretentious and pompous. There's a scene in the Vogue video where Madonna is standing in front of a giant window and she has one hand out and she is just like walking across the 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 screen in a very Norma Desmond like way and like that's how I feel like he's walking like from appetizer table to like punch bowl. I'm picturing this first uh this first verse that they have already been split up and maybe he is not not with anybody right now so he's kind of like peacocking around and so he she's she's watching him saying basically like you just are putting on all the moves and especially going into the last line of the verse you're putting on all the moves to make sure that all the women see you and and know that you are the one to look for 
Well, I think I you know. yeah. I think that he would do that regardless. Oh, I agree. whether they I were together him, or not. <laughs> I, I assume. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> matters. I don't think that's going to change the way he's acting. Okay, valid. In any way. I do think Rachel to your point that this might be maybe the first time she sees him after they've broken up. Mhm. And she said, "Oh, here he is." Yep. Cuz like so, it's, it's so it's so obvious to her and she's now. so clearly annoyed by it. Yeah. Like where she's and definitely turning to her friend being like, look at him. He's, it's like he's walking onto a yacht. Yeah. And she's seeing it through new eyes. Yeah. Because she probably was one of the people who saw this and didn't see how it didn't see behind the facade. Yeah. You know? And if this is like a BBC drama dance party thing, like the eyes that she's seeing it through are like opera glasses. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I have a question, and I think you guys have already have your your answers. But I'm going to bring something up. This this moment, he walks into the party like mm-hmm. he's walking out to a yacht, right? We're going to find out later. She's going to say, "You had me several years ago." Okay. This moment is this post that moment, or is this the first time she sees him, and she is one of the girls mm. who wishes. <laughs> Well, I should. So the last line is, and all the girls dream that they'd be your partner. They'd be your partner. Is this the moment where she first met him and was so charmed by him? Or is this after the fact and she's seeing him again and seeing him with new cold eyes? So I'm get ready. Get ready. Both. (laughs) I think both. (laughs) I do think that I I think that this is after the fact by Mm. the tone. Right. But I but I think she has had this exact same experience as the other women right. uh, in the party at that moment. I don't think there is a difference. I don't think he has changed. I think her perspective has changed. Okay. But I think that, so, so yeah, so I think it's both. So maybe this is the moment where they first meet, but now that she's recalling it, she sees it in a much more cynical way. Than perhaps she did as like a a doughy eyed. Yeah, well, I mean, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it that way, but I can also see it that she is at a party that he is walking into after the fact. Right, but it's working. He's doing the exact same crap. Yes, and it's working on other women. Yes, but not on her. Yeah, right, right. yeah. And even though she hates him, right, or at least like the infatuation is gone, she's still like. Son of a gun. I get it. it. I get it. I, I don't there. like it. It's not working there. on me, but I understand why it works on others. Yep. Oh, man. That that apricot scarf. I believe he still has <laughs> it. He takes such good care of it. It really. He must have it dry cleaned. It must. Dry because cleans if you're, his dry scarves. Because if you're going to put that in the No, wash. If, you, if you wash that, that's, that's going to fade to a lemon. There's no question. <laughs> <laughs> Either he's dry cleaning it or he bought a case of them and he just wears a oh, new one yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. That's also possible. Yeah. He's um, got a Charlie Brown <laughs> <laughs> closet full of apricot scarves. Um, okay. So all the girls dream that they'd be your partner. They'd be your partner. Okay. Now, this that these lyrics are already amazing, right? We're already we're already top notch. Like I said, we're in good hands. You guys, it gets even better from mm. here. Because the chorus goes, you're so vain, you probably think this song is about you. 
You're so vain. I'll bet you think this song is about you. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> possibly, I mean, just lyrics-wise, just examining so the lyrics. So good. So good. Like, and it's one of those things, it's, it so immediately sticks out. I, God, I don't even know how to describe it. Because it does, it, it almost like is stepping outside of the song, right? Yeah, there's She's something talking, weirdly meta about it. Very meta. And she's talking to someone specifically, right? Which is why this is always like this yeah. mystery has, has burned for so long. But it's like, you probably think this song is about you. So she's talking about the song. Yeah. Right? She's talking about this song that you're currently right. listening to. The more you, if you think about it, you're, it start, you start to be like a robot that's short circuit, circuiting from like <laughs> circular logic. Because you're like, you're singing a song and you're talking that this person is hearing this song and thinking this, this song that I am currently listening to is about that person. It's like, ah, but. And it's and like by the way, too. It, it is, is about it them. Is a catch. It is. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> well, that's the other it's thing, so too. Good. It seems like such an insult to be like, you probably this song is about you. But to one person out there, that person is correct. Yeah. So even though they are so vain, they think this song is about them. They are, in fact, correct because this song is about them. And the thing is, she's not singing it to them she's not having this conversation with this person saying do you know how vain you are this right. is all an internal monologue like this is yes. her thoughts that she's doing as a song it's all over the place it's very confusing and very brilliant and it's almost as if like if if, if she turned to like a friend of her and she's like oh he probably thinks this song is about her and then and then her mm -hmm. friend's like but it it is about him is, isn't the yeah. song about? And she's like, that, "You're not getting the point, Janine." Right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. The the fact is that he thinks that it would be, that I would write a song about him. But you did the, write a song about him. You wrote this song about him. Janine Carly has the, had it with Janine. Janine, yeah. listen. The but the fact that he is correct is irrelevant to just the idea that he would be so vain that he would assume that I, if I wrote a song like this, it would be about him. Do you understand what I'm saying? The fact that he's right about it doesn't matter. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? This is ve I Then there's like a silence and Janine's like, but the song is about him. Janine? <laughs> <laughs> Go to the punch bowl, Janine. Go to the punch. You're, you're not allowed to buy, buy the chip table anymore. Go to the punch bowl. <sighs> ah, Janine. What are we going to do with you? Janine, 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 Janine. Janine, Janine, Janine. Janine. Ugh. Janine. Ugh. Ay, 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 ay. And then just, you hear for the... For I don't understand this song is about her. Janine, are you talking about <laughs> Are you talking about the song? So this is this is perfect. One, she's pointing out that when they were together, she was naive, and right. it wasn't just. I don't think that it, she's saying like, "Oh, she was she was a young naive person." I think she was naive to him, and naive mm -hmm. to everything that he was about. And sort of time has 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 created what the first verse was like that that cynicism about this guy, and the fact that it was on. 
on him. Like they got together because of him. He said right. they made such a pretty pair. And the fact that she chooses the word pretty. Mm -hmm. They yep. looked but, good together. It, was, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, we're perfect together. We, we compliment each other. No. It's like, no, this, this will no. look good at a party. <clears throat> but yep. that's the thing. But he said that. Yes. Yeah, that's what Michael said. Yeah. But right. But he's saying we make such a pretty pair. Yeah. So he cannot. Oh, God, this is so perfect. He cannot compliment her without also complimenting himself. Yes. yes. And it is 100% yes. a performative thing that look how good we look together walking into a party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. There was so nothing not else even... to this relationship other than the fact that he that he needed something to make him look better walking into a right. party. Right. And Michael, I think that it is I think yes, she is naive to the to his how he works. Yeah. But I think she also is saying that she was still quite naive maybe to cuz I'm guessing this is in LA. Um to how California that sort of whole Hollywood thing works. But I think also she it is that she was a little naive and young because I see this as an older man. I could see finding that. a younger woman and being like, look at it. Don't we look like such a pretty pair? Come on. You right. know, and just and and saying the right things, saying sh that he would never leave, knowing full well he's going to leave. Yeah. Knowing oh, he's yeah. not wholeheartedly in. This. Oh, he's also almost questionably cheating on her at the same time. I would, oh, yeah, I would I'd say. imagine. I'd so, imagine. But um, the fact that yeah, he said I mean, that he would never leave. At the start. That's that's a bit of a red flag. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that you you use the exact phrase I was going to say, Michael, which is that however she was naive, like in whatever whatever that means exactly, her looking back now, she's just like, oh, there were dozens of red flags. Oh here yeah. Yeah. That oh, I really should have <laughs> just him what saying. What was I thinking? We were me. We make such a pretty pair. There's like. 13 things wrong with that okay yeah. we only touch like the top four there's so much yeah. more that is that is weird and wrong about saying that out loud um so at the start of the relationship if he was if he said to her you know i'll never leave i could just see her being like well why would you why would anybody say that right, why would you say yeah, that? what a strange right thing now. to say on Obviously. our first date yeah <laughs> um yeah especially this since this, I just think this verse shows, I mean, the whole song and every one of her songs, but like it just it, it's a perfect example of Carly Simon's genius as a songwriter. The yeah. use of the word pretty. The, right. the superficiality yeah. of that word, any number, it's a right. two syllable word, any number of words could have fit into that. We made such a perfect pair. We made such a lovely, lovely pair. Pretty pair is so, so surface. Yeah. And so I mean, and so like like Dan said, so presentational that it's just it's everything you need to know about this person. And yeah. we've talked about this so many times. She could have said we made such a perfect pair. It it still would have said a lot about mm -hmm. this guy. But in a song, in a story song, you have you only have a certain number of words. Yeah. By saying we were such a pretty pair makes it so clear what's happening. Here. Yes. Right, it's such a perfect word choice. Um, uh, yeah, I love it. And Dan, to your point, so, like he could have said, and he could have said, like, and you're so pretty. Right, but it's not the two of them together are pretty. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he would never. Yeah, he can't compliment her without also yeah. complimenting himself. And again, 
it's not even a thing of like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. It's like, you are pretty in a way where when we walk down the street, like everyone thinks about how perfect the two of us are together. Yeah, the picture that we like make it's together. Not, it's not that I think you're beautiful because that's, that's irrelevant. It's what everyone else thinks about me and my yeah. girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And again, yeah, that you would never leave. I just imagine her being like, so do you think this dress matches your apricot scarf? I'm never going to leave you. Okay, that was, <laughs> that was odd, but thank you. What if she wore like an apricot dress? And he right. was like, I'm, I'm sorry, are you trying to steal focus from my scarf? <laughs> we don't want to match, we want to compliment. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. just wear, wear the you know? white dress. And that, that goes with everything. But we're going to a wedding. It doesn't matter. Right. Everyone's going to look at the woman who's wearing the white dress to somebody else's wedding and the guy who's wearing the apricot scarf next to her. So that works. Yeah. Wear the white dress. We, you cannot wear apricot. We are going to a party on a yacht. No, I thought that was for. No, apricot is for you go to a party like you like you're on a yacht. Not when you're on a yacht, <laughs> but when you're going to a party and it looks like you're on a yacht. I don't know how many times I've explained this to you. <laughs> Apricot is oh, for we scarves. We didn't make such a pretty pair. We did not make such a pretty pair, Carly. I got to tell you. By the way, I'll never leave. What? All right, why do you keep saying <laughs> that? You, you keep, keep saying say, Every time I'm getting dressed <laughs> and pick out an outfit, you say you're not going to leave me. What do you think? Pizza for okay. dinner? I'll never leave. <laughs> what? So, Thai? I guess, yeah, I'm not sure. Is that um, yes pizza? <laughs> yes pizza, not yet? But you gave away the things you love, and one of them was me. I had some dreams. <laughs> there were clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee. So what do you think the you gave away the things you loved thing means? I don't know. This whole second half of this verse is the biggest mystery to me. Because I also do not know about the cloud coffee dream thing. Wait, this is, well, this is but, the biggest mystery about the song, you think? Yeah, for me. Yeah, um, for me. Well, uh, let me ask you a question. I mean, is she, is he always the way, is he always this way? And she just couldn't see it. Or was he maybe slightly more of a real person? And then as he's becoming more rich and, and famous, he eventually like becomes so self-absorbed that he he gives away any any hold he had on his humanity and just becomes this empty vein shell. Oh, is that? Uh, I mean, oh, is that, I'm just so, I'm just I, I don't know. Yeah, because it is. It does say, but you gave away the things you loved, and one of them was me. It doesn't say you give away the things you loved, which would lead me to believe that he was lead me to believe that he was that he's like fickle and he's the kind of person where he's like this Porsche is um is my favorite thing i mean it is the best car i've ever had and then he it's the best you can't have a ferrari a ferrari right. is nothing like you need a porsche you really i mean that's what mm -hmm. you need and then six months later he's like oh i got rid of that porsche like that board yeah. that's not that's not the way to go right. what you need is this lamborghini yeah um is it something like that where he's just fickle and, and changes his mind often so he says that he loves her but that's only for the moment. He gives away the things he says he loves. Right. And she's just one more accessory. And she's just another accessory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I Because she that. says you gave away the things you loved, and one of them was me. Right. 
Oh. So it is, and it, it, he is an accessory. The only thing that he loves that he doesn't give away is, say it with me, apricot, apricot scarf. scarf. <laughs> well. That scarf is staying with him all the time. Yeah, yeah. But all other things, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's the type of person who has a certain style for six, six months and then stays up with the trends. Right. And like, this is my style. This is the trend. Uh, I, this is what I am, what I am like. And then six months later, it's a completely different person. Right. Or again, just him, you know, saying, giving, giving, you give away the things you love. Right. Right. So in this context, to him, she was a thing. Yeah. She was just one more thing to give away. Yes. She was that, that Ferrari. No, what did you say? Porsche. A right. Porsche. Um, Porsche? Yeah, Porsche? Garbage. I don't know. I'm never going to, I don't know. <laughs> This is why I'm never going to have a Porsche Porsche. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know how to say Porsche Porsche. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's number one. When you mm-hmm. walk into the dealership, they're like, can you just say the name of the car for me? <laughs> All right, we're going to okay. have you walk right over here. Say- there's, there's a Subaru dealer right across the street. We're going to have you go over there. <laughs> uh, say it one more time. Porsche? Okay, pre-owned Subaru. <laughs> right. Pre-owned Subaru you can just over walk there. right this way. <laughs> uh, just a trap door opens <laughs> and you fall. Maybe we could start you off with a race car bed. um so you gave away the things you love one of them was me i had dreams they were clouds in my coffee now i can tell you first of all i will say even though this is a nonsensical thing to say and a nonsensical phrase that no one has ever said before Mm -hmm. it says a lot for college simon that it's like it in context it makes perfect sense you know what she's talking about it's like sure yeah i get you i can tell you what she means if if you want me to backstory spoil it I mean, it's not like some great revelation. Uh-huh. The line comes from she was on an airplane and noticed that she could see the reflections of the clouds in her coffee. Oh. And what she's basically saying is like the clouds obviously are not real. Mm. Like they're 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 dreams. Ooh. Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> and even her, if the clouds, if the clouds I love when that her, happens. her dreams, even that, even the fact that they're clouds and you can't grab your hands on, even that was fake. Because yeah. they're just, they're reflecting in her coffee. They're not so the it was clouds. layer upon layer of yeah. artificial. Falsity. The artificiality. Yes. Yeah. Right. She had dreams that they were going to be together together forever or whatever. Yes. And like, he broke up with her two weeks later. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. even, and he was cheating on her with someone else at the yep. like it, She wasn't even in the, in the arena of getting close to that dream. Yeah. She was so far off and didn't oh, realize that's so it. so good. So she had a dream. Which in itself is not reality. Right. And the dream turned out to be a cloud, but the cloud is something you can't grasp. So it's even farther from reality. And oh, by the way, that cloud is a reflection. So it's not even the real cloud. Right. Yeah. And so I'm just picturing Carly Simon on a plane, like just sticking her hand in her coffee. Right. Mm. Also, where are my dreams? Like a a dog trying to catch a reflection (laughs) of a stick or something. Yeah. Also, you asked for soy milk, and this is definitely regular <laughs> milk. So they everything is screwed up. It's a mess. <laughs> Just say that. I do feel like um, if this song came out even ten years later, um, there would be a commercial sometime on like daytime TV where Carly mm-hmm. Simon would be playing this on the piano, and she would sing this line. You know, I had some dreams there were clouds in my coffee, and then she stopped playing. She turned to the camera and be like, "I used to, but now milk bothers my stomach." <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there's clouds in my coffee, non-dairy creamer, now in hazelnut, yeah. and then it would just be like, Carly Simon's clouds in my coffee, non-dairy creamer. <laughs> Available at A&P. Yeah. 
Now in low fat. <laughs> <laughs> now in apricot. When I went up to I mean, that sounds like a really nice Saturday. Well, so fun. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh. Um, but I think that's what it means. Where it's like, so he goes up to Saratoga. And do you guys think he bet on a horse or does he own a the horse? The racetracks. Oh, he uh, mm, he probably owns a horse. I think he owns I a horse. I think he owns a horse. Right, I think so. I, will, I would like yeah. to say that, first of all, the fact that she says she hears he went up to Saratoga. So she's hearing, which means- right. Of all these things he's doing, which means he's just spreading it around the town that this is what he's done. So if he's went up to Saratoga, there this is probably a New York relationship, I just realized. But anyway. They're definitely New York, yeah. But the way she says Saratoga, the way she says that whole first line of this verse has so much more grit in it yeah. than the rest of the verses. It's that she's getting just fed up. Well, she feels up, like she's she... getting fed up. She, but again, she's also like, well, you, I hear you went up to Saratoga and your horse naturally won. Like this of guy course just it did. a charmed. Yeah. It just, it just, he's got just a charmed life. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, and the, and like, it's this weird mix of like, I hate this guy, but also like, you know, of course his horse won. Of course. Like he, he'll never have a moment of like no. doubt or, yeah. or confusion. He'll never have his comeuppance. Yeah. He'll never have his comeuppance. Yeah. Exactly. He'll just he'll just float around forever. Son of a gun. I think like what you were saying is the the effortless cool person. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't really know that his horse won. Like you'd find out, oh, that horse won. Oh, this guy owns that horse. Oh, congratulations, your horse won. Right. He right. made a point of letting everybody know that his horse won. You know? That's what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, I agree with that, that he's definitely putting in the effort. But I think the other thing is just like everyone's always talking about this guy. Right, right. Like yeah. even you know what I mean? Like it's it's but, that double thing. But I'm saying what I what I'm saying is and I think what Michael is saying too is he says basically like uh somebody says, Oh, what'd you do this weekend? Because I was just at Home Depot getting some chores done. He says, Oh, you know, I just I just went up to Saratoga where, right. you know, we had a really good a really good weekend where the horse won, you know, three races in a row. So yeah. pretty nice. And then just, you know, hopped up to Nova Scotia to I check out that total jet. eclipse. Just took my Learjet. Yeah, to, took the Learjet. To you got? Do you have a, a Learjet? Oh, you got it. I mean, it's it seems like it's going to be more expensive right. than flying commercial, but I tell you what, it just when you're hopping back and forth, and yeah. you know, going to Saratoga, going to Nova Scotia, just trying to catch those total eclipses of the sun. Yeah, it really just does save you t- <laughs> so much time. We were so in Nova Scotia time. for Look maybe a half an hour, so it just made sense. You know, let me give you my card to my Learjet um, mm-hmm. dealer. Uh, I'll go, I've got a Learjet guy. He's a great guy. He'll give you gr- a great deal. He'll give you a great deal. A great deal. Yeah, yeah. Those are the conversations he's having to people where he, the, it's just like, 
I just told you that I'm going to. I went to Home Depot right. to like <laughs> to be clear, fix my own deck. To be clear, I was at Home Depot going through the bags of soil trying to find a ripped one, and then asking if I could get a discount because <laughs> the bag is ripped. And he's like, "I get it. Not everybody's a jet setter, but like you should try to be." Yeah. Uh, oh, you don't. You don't eclipse chase. Oh, you got to get into eclipse chase. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, it's, the it's best. great. It's great. Um. So oh, I wonder if right. do you think you think this guy. Um, so, you know, they get off at Saratoga for the 14th time. Do you think that, that Carly Simon was dating Nathan Detroit at some point? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think, I think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, solved it. Well, and I think, yeah, I think one thing that's also important again is that you flew your Learjet. So this guy can, he's a pilot. He can fly. Oh, no, I don't think he's. No, pilot, I don't think he. On. Yeah. You don't think he's not flying it? All right. I think he's when the people are say like we're gonna I'm gonna fly my Learjet. I don't think they mean they're gonna put on their little pilot co like costume and be like, here we go, everybody, strap in. Yeah, no, that captain's hat I was talking about before that wasn't a pilot's hat. That was like a ship captain. <laughs> um, no, I think he he probably talked but to that person at the Home Depot and was like, oh, I I I flew my Learjet up to Nova Scotia, and the guy was like, oh, you. You you fly your own plane? No 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 no. I've I've got people to do that. That's part of being a jet setter. I know most people don't understand right. that, but but you know what I do think though. I do think it's the type of thing where he has the Learjet. He's got his uh pilot going in, and then he pops up to the cockpit oh, and it's sure. like and he goes, "Hey Phil, let me just take a crack at it." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I know. You know what? I I just I get it. This I is, get it. This is fun. I get it. Right? Yeah. Phil, you're great. You can hang on, but take He's a break. Like, Am I yeah, right? Phil's like, yeah, that's why I have 10,000 hours flying, because this is flying themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You jerk. Everything going yeah. okay in here? If you guys need a break, I, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have early access in the 1970s to a thing called YouTube. <laughs> you guys, it's you guys no big will, deal. You, you got guys the, you will got hear it. about it in 40 years. It. Don't yeah. worry about yeah. it. It'll be fine. Here, let me give you, let me, <laughs> let me give you a card to my, um, my uh, time travel agent. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, I've got a DeLorean so, yeah, guy. No. no, later I'll fly my my Learjet around the the equator <laughs> yeah. so fast it will travel back in time. Um, so you flew your Learjet up to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun. Well, you're where you should be all the time, right? Great. I mean, like a perfect example, like a perfect summation of this kind of person. <clears throat> yeah, you're where you should be all the time. That's the thing that, again, I have never been able to figure out. I yeah. know people like that who yeah. are always where they should be. Right place, right time. I am right never time. in the right place. I am always somewhere where I shouldn't be doing a thing I shouldn't be doing. I just, it, it's just, and for most of us, that is just our lot in life. Yeah. You're like, how, but how, so wait, you went to this super cool rave party in a warehouse in like Greenpoint and like how did you even know oh I just I met a guy in the subway and he told me about yeah. it and I went to the super cool party it's like I ride the subway every day no one has ever told me about a super cool party <laughs> oh man um you're where you should be all the time and when you're not you're with some underworld spy or the wife of a close friend oh that one is good Headline yeah is so good when you're not sounds like you're not always where you should be right um but it doesn't mean that what it means is there is a purpose for you not be, you're choosing to not be where you should be right 
I don't know where the underworld spy comes from. I I think it's just kind of a thing. I saw a lot of speculation on that about whether that's supposed to literally mean like he's, I don't know, like talking with like spies and stuff. Yeah. Or if it's just like he's doing something he shouldn't be doing. Like right, right, a, right, right. A right, drug right. dealer or yeah. some other nefarious thing. That's that's all it means. But that's or not I don't the even thing know that... if it's that because it doesn't seem I think it's I think it's just like the idea of like the underworld spy is is I mean, besides the fact that Carly Simon did a song from a James Bond movie, but it's it's like mm-hmm. a a James Bond kind of thing where it's just like, oh, you just lead a fascinating life. Right, right. You're right. always doing something crazy. Yeah, and the, and, yeah. and there are some parts and there are there are points in your life where everybody goes and where was he for those like three right. weeks? And it's just like, you know, nobody knows, but you don't ask him about it. Right. You don't ask him about it because you know it's going to be something crazy. He's yeah, doing yeah. something crazy. But that, what I was going to say is that part, the idea of an underworld spy, I kind of always brushed off because this uh, last line of or so you're brilliant. with someone underworld spy or the wife of a close friend. A is close like, friend. You a close yeah. friend. Son you- of a Gun, go back to son of a gun, because son of a gun, unbelievable. Not even an acquaintance. A close friend. A clo- you're with the wife of a, a close, close friend. Friend. Because he just, he'll just, nothing means anything. No. He will yeah. just slash and burn any last remnants no. of humanity, of you yeah. know affection, community. It all, none of it means anything. He doesn't have loyalty. He has loyalty no to loyalty. himself and his apricot scarf. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need, baby. I'll say that. It's (laughs) probably the wife of his Learjet guy. Yeah, they're buddies because they're always together. Yeah. They they travel at least four times a week together. His Learjet guy gave him his card and he's like, you know, give me a call. You know what? I'm going to write my wife's number on here, too, just in case you can't get a hold of me. Give her a call. (laughs) Uh, That was his last mistake. He said that he would. So. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that line of just 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 really sums him up. And it's so great that this is, I mean, obviously the, the chorus is still going to come, but we've already heard that, but that this is like the last new line. It sums it up. It's such a, it's a perfect summation and such a gut punch yeah. of like, oh, that's, this guy isn't just vain, right? He isn't just a self, self-absorbed self jerk, which would be bad enough, which would be one thing. But the fact that he is with, when he's not where he should be, yeah. he is with the wife of a close friend. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, man. Ooh. Ooh. This isn't just I mean, besides besides the vanity of it all, I mean, like Carly's basically listing like 20 or 30 things that she does not like about this guy and vanity's like the least of the problems. Right. But she <laughs> yeah. like in this verse it's just like she's had it and she is spilling the tea. She is Oh yeah. Throughout all of it it's like, "Oh, and then you do this and how ridiculous are you?" Oh, by the way, you're cheating with your best friend's wives. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just no. going to leave it at that. Bye. Right. Yeah. And you know, he does Janine, it. Janine, let's go. Because he can. Yeah, he just does it because he, he can. Just because yeah. he knows. Any- Janine, let's go. Who do you think he's with? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think the Saratoga um, and, and Nova Scotia thing, that's all the same day, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it literally, yeah, I think it's yeah. supposed to be. The morning, in the morning, they were in uh, Saratoga to watch the ponies till right. about he watches, two. He watches the horse that he owns win a race, yeah. and then he flies in his Learjet to Nova up Scotia. to Nova Scotia. Because he just knows, again, because it would be the kind of thing where someone would be like, hey, you see that eclipse? And I'd be like, oh, is that this weekend? 
Oh, I missed it. I totally forgot about it. This yep. guy always knows where he should be. Yeah. To see the total eclipse of the sun. Um, or, you know, total eclipse of the heart. It's one of the. One of the- <laughs> <laughs> it's like both. I wonder if, if like, the, the Learjet pilot was like, uh, I don't know if we're going to get there in time. The airport's a little bit far from the racetrack. He's like, you know, just let me just land on the racetrack. That'll be fine. And then we could, then we'll yeah. get a quick start to Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah. Like, he definitely yep. has his plane, like, in the middle of the racetrack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just wherever he goes in Nova Scotia, it's like, we're, <laughs> no, we, we're not going to use the airport. Just, just land there. Hey, <laughs> man, you landed on my house. <laughs> Weirdly, I'm okay with it because I'm a Canadian, so yep. I'm not really going to argue about oh, it. Sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry my house was in the way of your- <laughs> Sorry my house. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry my house was there when you landed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll scooch it. Sorry. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this? I mean, obviously now the chorus is going to say it's "You're killer. so vain." Um, I mean, this the song is so great. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we talked about is- the repetition of "Don't you, don't you, don't you," mm. because I, I, what I love about that is it's so confrontational. Right. But she's not saying it to him. But it's also sure. about like how much she's thinking about it, and yeah how thoroughly annoyed she is with this guy. <laughs> yeah. So let's do Expanded Universe. Expanded Universe. I was thinking, is this a Jesse's girl situation where he, he is he's Rick Springfield? This is weird because I don't want to actually give like an actual. Okay. I don't actually think it's Rick Springfield, but, you know, he sees his friend with a girl. Yeah. And he's like, I have to have that girl. I've that's okay. my close friends. Well, I think life. this can be not the actual Rick Springfield, but the Rick Springfield from the song, sure. I think yes. that's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The character Rick Springfield. This is the character Rick Springfield and Jesse's girl. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This this could be this could be the guy from Jesse's girl. Absolutely. Uh Michael? I'm trying to think. Well, I would s- I would say, I mean, obviously, like, you know, is this, is this coffee? Is this from Tom's Diner? Right? Because there's... You think she got a to-go cup? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, I'll tell you what. Yeah. These two were at a garden party. Oh. These oh, I can see that. These two were first. at a garden party. Yeah, yeah. Well, right? that would make sense. I mean, John Lennon's there. Oh, like Yoko Ono's the... there, so this would totally make sense. This is the kind of party this guy's going oh, to. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, I know he wants to live the glamorous mm, life. Mm. Oh yeah, he has a brown sedan. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say this one, but I'll throw it out there now. All right, I mean he's wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. Right, he's wearing a scarf. Sure. Okay. I mean, is she dating Frosty the Snowman? <laughs> Frosty the Snowman. So vain. I hate that I met you halfway there. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Frosty the Snowman. Oh, so vain man. that he thinks this song is about him. That's yeah. all I'm asking. Yeah. Because here's the thing. He he's... goes up to Nova Scotia. It's cold up there. But it's I'm cold saying, in Saratoga. Com- oh, yeah. But I'm saying he comes to life, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a nice guy at first. But then he's on the talk shows. He's getting record oh, deals. Everyone, everyone wants a piece of the living snowman. And before you know it. Oh, man. He's he's messing he, with that cop at the, <laughs> at the traffic stop. He does mess with that. I cop. mean, Maybe come he on, was a jerk. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm gonna say this song is 
the person who's listening to the song <laughs> thinking it's about them is Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, so and, you- and you could just hear Frosty being like, I, I don't know if you guys know, but there are two songs about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second song about me? You know what? You know who he, he should get together with that who would Ooh. work perfectly with him is Gail Garnett. Oh yeah, well, I will never true. love you. We'll have fun. We'll sing in the sunshine sing for a year. Sunshine. He that would that would he would feel it would feel less. Uh, I think maybe if he didn't feel that idea of commitment, uh, that he maybe it'd work out for him. Is what I'm I saying. mean. I think that is a it'd classic. Work out for two of them. Yeah, between this person and Gail, what is her name? Gail, Gail Garnett. Gail Garnett. I want to say Gail Gail Gadot, but that's not it. Nope. <laughs> that's Wonder Woman. Gail Garnett. Uh, that is a classic. You two deserve each other situation. Oh Fine. yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you guys want to date? Knock yourself out. Yeah, you're not hurting yeah. anybody. That's right. Uh, all right. Or you hey. think like yeah. she's like, no, we could we could stay together for a year, and he's just like a year, a whole like year? forever. Yeah. Wow. By the way, Dan, like, you <laughs> uh when yeah, Rachel said Gail Garnett, and I was thinking Gail Gordon. So. So. <laughs> yep, those are the. D- and I don't even know who that, that is. That sums it up. So yeah, I fine. don't either. No, doesn't matter. He was on no. the Lucy Show. He was the Michael, second Mister Wilson Michael, on Dennis Michael. the Menace. Michael. 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 I didn't even know there was more than one Mister <laughs> Wilson. I'm going to be honest with you about that. There were two Mister Wilsons. I don't. I, oh my gosh. Michael Dennis the Menace was a show that was on Nickelodeon. Okay. Hmm. Dennis the Menace was a show you I endured. It was not a show I enjoyed. It was just a show that was on, and I had two choices. I could watch it, or I could not be watching TV. And yeah. you know what I picked. <laughs> but it was I did not enjoy a second of watching the 50s Dennis the Menace show, yeah. in which apparently there were two Mr. Wilsons, and I'm sure I saw them back to back and did not notice the difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, we can leave it there. Let's close our book of the uh, Story Song Expanded Universe. <laughs> come back to that next time. Uh, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So 
What are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Want to be a part of the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help other people find the podcast. And if you do, we'll read it on the podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. The word has lost all meaning. Podcast. All right, we're back. It's time for a story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Well... Your Sylvain was written and recorded by Carly Simon, and it was released November 8th, 1972, and it hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Rightfully so. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. Uh, like, we'll get into it, but... If you're a record executive and you hear this for the first time, how many seconds into it are you like, well, this is clearly a hit? <laughs> <laughs> so Carly Elizabeth Simon was born June 25th, 1943. She was born and raised in the Bronx. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know this. Let's see. Her father, Richard L. Simon, you guys want to guess what he's famous for? Uh, I mean, I, making I know. the Simon game. <laughs> no, that'd be great, though. Uh, Michael, you know? You I know? do know, yeah. You could, you could say it. He is Simon of Simon & Schuster. He founded Simon & Schuster. I'm sorry, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Simon & Schuster, Simon's father. like publishers? <laughs> Is that what they are, uh, publishers? Yes. They're publishers, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah they're book publishers. Yes. That's yeah, crazy. So her father is the Simon of Simon & Schuster. Whoa. So uh, as a child, Carly Simon developed a stutter and turned to singing and songwriting partly because of it. Quote, I could sing without stammering as all stammers can. I mean, except for George Thurgood, who could never... That's never, ex- never really say bad, <laughs> but and whoever that guy is who's saying you ain't seen nothing yet, <laughs> yeah, baby. It's like how everyone loses their English accent when they sing, except for the Hermit's Hermits. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. So Carly Simon started her musical career in 1963 along with her sister Lucy. They performed as the Simon Sisters. Cute. And signed to Cap Records, releasing their first album, Meet the Simon Sisters, in 1964. Everybody was meeting everybody <laughs> in the I early 60s. The early 60s were just pure. Everybody were sisters and the brothers or the family, and you were meeting them all. Like, we were having You're dinner together. Them. There was like a, a five, ten year period where every record was just like a meet and greet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your first record had to be called Meet the and then whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. Two more albums followed Cuddlebug in 1966 and the Simon Sisters sing the Lobster Quadrille and other songs for children in 1969. Wow, that deep into the 60s. She would they yeah. were still the Simon Sisters. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never yeah. I guess I never realized Carly Simon was so 70s. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Uh well, I mean she she went for a while because I mean it's gonna. This is seventy two. Uh, you're I, so vain. I know, but but I mean, it's gonna go. It's gonna. She's gonna have a healthy career into the eighties. Oh oh do you, oh you yeah. I don't know that. 
You think I don't know that? Oh no, I mean, what I'm saying I mean, is, she's. I mean, she has had a career the whole way. I'm just saying, like, she's still like really popular uh, what, and having hit songs. What I'm saying is, I can't believe. Yeah. For me, it seems it feels like she should have been around longer as Carly Simon, not spend the first, mm-hmm. you know, oh, seven like that, years that, uh, of her career the duo, as the Simon sisters. That the duo would be like an album, and then she she goes solo. Correct. Right. Correct. That's what I yeah. thought. If you told me that mm-hmm. somebody, anybody, released a, an album in 1966 and said, what do you think that album's called? I would probably guess <laughs> no. Cuddlebug. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that would be a safe bet. That's like a 1966 kind of album oh, title. Yeah. I mean, the Simon Sisters are also what we would now call like a child act, you know? Like, the uh, I've talked often about the, the child entertainment industrial complex that now exists that didn't that did not exist even when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, de- I mean, obviously like one of their albums is called other songs for children. Like they were, they were kind of more of like, this is stuff for kids. Um, gotcha. Music. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying Simon uh, around this period, Simon briefly cl- collaborated with the rock band elephants memory. Uh, Elvis memory is best known as the backup band for John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Uh, but she hated it and quit after roughly six months. Ooh. No fun. Uh, Elvis Memory is kind of a rough, like, you know, rock band. I think there was a lot of, like, they're in bars late at night. There's drinking, there's smoking, there's drugs. And she was just kind of like, ah, this is not my not scene. For me. So I'm going to. It was like, I think they were fine in the studio. But once they got on the road, she was like, I- I'm going to go to something else. And she jumped quickly. In 1970, Simon signed as a solo artist to Electra Records. So wait, can uh, I just ask a I- question about uh, Elephant's Memory? Yeah. Did she, did she actually perform with John and Yoko? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think she, I think she was just like they needed a singer, and she was the singer for a while, and then mm-hmm. she wasn't the singer anymore. But it's gotcha. kind of like Crazy Horse, like Crazy Horse is a band, but then also they'll back up Neil Young. So they're it's sort it's sort of that thing. They weren't just their backup band, but when they needed a backup band, they would get off its memory to gotcha. do it. I'd like to think that Carly Simon is the person who whispers in the beginning of the song, Happy Christmas, John. Happy Christmas, Yoko. <laughs> it's not her. Is that not John and Yoko? Don't they whisper to each other? Or am yeah, I but I would like to think that it was Carly Simon. Oh, you Simon. would like to think that. Okay. All right. I was, you almost blew my mind for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Is it John and Yoko? While she's whispering, son of a gun, she, she also whispers, yeah, Happy Christmas, true. John. Happy Christmas, Yoko. And she's like, the producer's like, that makes no sense in, in this song. She was like, save right. it. Yeah, and maybe we'll use it. She's like, "Look, the key to a hit song is whispering at the beginning." Just <laughs> trust me on this one. You have two options: it's either this or "Son of a Gun." So in 1970, uh, Simon signed with Electric Records as a solo act. On February 9th, 1971, she released her first solo album titled "Carly Simon." Sadly, not me, Carly Simon. Just Carly Simon. Uh, well, we've already met her. Yeah, she was. That's true. Met her as a sister. So the album hit number 30 on the Billboard uh, 200. Uh, and the single, That's the Way I've Always Heard It Should Be, hit number 10 on the Hot 100. That is such an incredible song. That's a good song. But you say it's time we moved in together Raised a family of our own, you and me Well, that's the way I've always heard it should be You want to marry me Simon received a Grammy nomination for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for the song, and 
She won Best New Artist for 1972. And she still had a career. At the Grammy. I know. Incredible. Good for her. They don't always screw it up. I'll give that to them. Uh, So obviously a successful debut. Her next album, Anticipation, was released in November of 1971. It also peaked at number 30 on the uh, Billboard 200 and earned Simon a nomination for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. So basically... The exact same thing happened again. Yeah. The lead single, Anticipation, was reportedly written in 15 minutes. I'll let Rachel get upset. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> While Carly Simon was waiting for her date to pick her up. That oh. date? Cat Stevens. Oh. And lady- yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you, suspect number one, Cat <laughs> Stevens. Oh. <laughs> Now, how do you want to do this? Do you want to, you know? No, just we we'll save par- it. We I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a time. Just remember, just remember, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna, Mr. Policeman, I gave you all the clues. Okay. Um, if anyone remembers that stupid <laughs> billboard around New York, um, I'm gonna give you all the suspects. Okay. And then, uh, we, we'll we'll talk about it. Okay. Sounds but suspect good. Suspect number one, Cat Stevens. Okay. Um. The last song on the album was a song called I've Got to Have You, which was written by Chris Christopherson. Oh, our patron saint. Carly <laughs> Simon and Chris Christopherson also dated for a time. And ladies and gentlemen, suspect number two, oh. Chris Christopherson. <laughs> okay. Okay, so it is now November 28th, 1972, exactly one year after the release of Anticipation, and Carly Simon releases her third studio album, No Secrets. But we're going to flash back 25 days before the release of that album. On November 3rd, 1972, Carly Simon marries suspect number three, singer-songwriter James Taylor. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is this before or after Mockingbird? Oh, we're going to get there. Okay. You just, you just wait. <laughs> okay. So at this point, I must confess, the timeline is tough to follow. But here's what I know. Simon briefly dated Warren Beatty. I found two separate sources that said their dating was from 1972 to 1973, but she married James Taylor in November of 1972, so it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Now, but, true or false, um, Carly Simon's real name is Tess Trueheart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. That's true. I'm going to say okay. it. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I also uh, found sources that said the song was written in 1971, so that wouldn't make sense anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't... Oh, and then also she says you had me several years ago. So it was written in 1971... I, that means before that, but mm-hmm. the total eclipse of the sun was only visible in Nova Scotia, and that happened on July 10th, 1972. So okay. after the song was written, but there is some indication that Simon was writing about a trip that Warren Beatty, possibly, mm-hmm. was planning to take at the time. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean- But basically- Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, she says- that verse is about what he's doing now, not what they were doing when they were dating. Fair enough. So that makes sense. There you go. That timing makes sense. But it's, sense. right. But 
But it's so still, the, it's written in 1971, and it's, oh, the oh, eclipse happens in 1972. Yeah, I got you, I got you. So got she's you. saying that that they're saying she was talking about doing it, maybe she concluded the song, possibly, we don't I know. I see, but go, I see. I Michael, go ahead. So that's a real thing. Like, we have, there's an actual date. Timeline. <laughs> yes. The total eclipse wasn't like, oh, yeah, you went to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse. That was a real thing. Yeah. Yes. Can that's, I say crazy yeah. can i say something i think That's this is awesome. my second i also think this is my second song in a row that is we can date uh at least part of it yeah because also tom's designer i had the exact date i'd like yeah. to say this yeah, is, yeah. i mean listen, and frosty the snowman yeah i'm not saying <laughs> yeah, I, i'm not saying i don't want us to release this episode but i will say mm-hmm. is we are this close to inking a deal with netflix for a documentary <laughs> <laughs> with this whole situation they say yeah. it was in 20, in 1917. I know. But, and then it cuts to the, you know, July 10th, 1972, Nova Scotia, yeah. <laughs> total eclipse of the sun. <laughs> uh, there's just moose disco dancing everywhere. <laughs> um, okay, so I think basically whenever they dated, it was only really for a few weeks. And maybe he came in and out of her life a couple of times, mm-hmm. but it clearly seems to have made a big impression on her. And it goes without saying, ladies and gentlemen, suspect number four, Warren Beatty. So the No Secrets album spent five weeks at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200. Uh, Your Sylvain was recorded at Trident Student Studios in London sometime in 1972. Mick Jagger recorded uncredited backup vocals. Uh, he really was just sort of hanging around and jumped on the recording. Good gravy. And now we have suspect number five, <laughs> Mick Jagger. Well, that's it. You could clearly hear him on the recording. I yeah. know, but I always forget it. I him. mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't know until, and then when I read that and I listened to it again, I was like, oh, yeah, I can hear it now. But um, all right, so to review, Cat Stevens. Mm-hmm. Chris Christopherson, mm-hmm. James Taylor, Warren Beatty, Mick Jagger, and anyone else you guys want to throw out there. So this is your opportunity. So I'm going to say this. I don't have anybody else. Again, the per- only person I am ruling out completely is the Fonz. Okay. But <laughs> okay. Going into this, I for I didn't know about the other suspects. I mean, I guess James Taylor, she was married to, so he could be a suspect for anything. Um, also, mm. you know. He's part, he's, you know, part of the reason Mockingbird exists. So, <laughs> you know, he's guilty of something. I always going into this, I always thought it was Warren Beatty. I always thought it was Warren Beatty just because doesn't he, he? He looks like that. He just looks mm-hmm. Warren Beatty looks like that. <laughs> sure. I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. OK. I'll tell you, I'm going to go down real quick the suspects and tell you why I think mm-hmm. or don't think it's the suspects. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think it's Cat Stevens. Why don't I think it's Cat Stevens? I don't see him wearing an apricot scarf. I, or, yeah. or like, I think if he walked onto a yacht, he wouldn't walk, uh, walked into a party, it wouldn't be like he was walking onto a yacht. It would be like, you know, he was walking, I don't know, doing some sort of spiritual pil- pilgrimage. I mean, he's sure. very, you know, that's, that's, that's Cat Stevens. Though, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how he was in 1972. But, um, right. but I just don't picture Cat Stevens that way. When you threw Chris Christopherson in there, I yeah. mean, dude loves to be shirtless. He has swagger like nobody's business. Absolutely. But like you were saying, he has never worn an apricot 
scarf. Right. Now he has he has choked a man to death <laughs> with an apricot scarf. <laughs> Sure. But I don't think he's ever. Oh, sure. I don't think he's ever worn an apricot no. scarf. Yeah, the but way- there is an alternate verse to this song mm-hmm. that was cut. Mm-hmm. You have to find it on the box set. Mm-hmm. Um, you drove a truck in a caravan <laughs> and you never wore a shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that would have helped. So that would have helped. Could be him. Yeah. There's there's something about Chris Christopherson that is too rugged. Yeah. For this, I mean, and we I should we should all point out that. I've never met these people. I know them no. solely through their music and personalities mm-hmm. and, and public personas. But so that's why I kind of don't think it's Chris Christopherson, but the swagger If it was Chris Christopherson, it would have been something like you're so vain, but that's really cool. It's cool the way you're vain. Everything you do is yeah. actually pretty cool. So yeah. never mind. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. stop the song right here. You're so vain, but you're in a super group called the high women. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, bringing us to number three, James Taylor, who I, mm-hmm. though he seems to be a lovely man, I would not, I would not call him like the coolest of cool. That like he's everywhere and every woman wants to be his partner type situation. Yeah, but, well, but in nineteen seventy two, though. Yeah, but he's like the nice guy. However, he does mm. wear a hat. Dipped over his eye. He that could, is he true. Could, he That's wears hats true. dipped over his eye, and I can see the, him the rocking an apricot scarf. I don't mean to upset you, Rachel, but just from what I've read, and this is just Carly Simon's reporting. Yeah. Mm, seems like maybe James Taylor isn't the. I don't want to say he's not a nice guy. Maybe there's some, like, um, there's some issues there. That's okay. Let's well, just say. Uh, listen, he's. It's not like I'm like. I, like a James Taylor fan club president, I always get him confused with Jackson Brown. And always think that I don't like the music of Jackson Brown. What really what I don't like is the music of James Taylor. Bless his heart, American American treasure, but he's not my cup of tea. His music is not my cup of I tea. I agree. But, um, okay, that, then, then you know what? I was I'll tell you. up a little bit for James yeah. Taylor, so I think it's James Taylor. Okay. What's funny, though, is, is where... Um kind of debating is your so vain about James Taylor and when we did Her Town 2 we were debating whether or not it was about Carly Simon oh, that's a good oh. point that's a good point I mean that I bet is about but did we decide it wasn't or was oh I don't remember it was like a hundred years ago yeah so and I don't think it's Mick Jagger just because you don't you don't write a mm. song like this about Mick Jagger you just you just have your Mick Jagger experiences and you just live your the rest of your life i mean okay. warren Beatty makes the most sense mm-hmm. i mean just everything about warren Beatty makes the most sense about this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um all right rachel thank you for your input thank you uh, michael i rest my case okay so i've been watching a lot of matlock and <laughs> okay. And you let think, me present to you. And you think it's Andy Griffith? It is Andy Griffith. Um, <laughs> let me present to you my theories and why I think it's that. Um, okay. So it is 1972. Uh-huh. Okay? okay. So let's just put ourselves in 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 that time frame. Okay. Um, Carly Simon is a brilliant singer songwriter. She is a genius writer. Mm-hmm. And she's writing a song that's a mystery. Mm-hmm. And that people have been debating since it's been released. 
Okay. How do you... How do you present clues to people? Without telling them and you make... you. How do you create this debate? Mm-hmm. Code? You hide the clues in plain sight. Okay. And... It is the line that we've been talking about the most. Your scarf... It was apricot. Mm-hmm. The year is 1972. Ladies and gentlemen, suspect number one, Charles Nelson Riley. Uh, <laughs> I. Okay. All right. You know what? I only. Tear no, only up. because. Only because I was so sure. Because, ladies and gentlemen, suspect number one, Mr. Furley, please come in. <laughs> We could add him to the oh, list, <laughs> but he didn't start wearing those scarves until like the late seventies. I guess that's true. It was like yeah, nineteen yeah. or maybe even early eighties because yeah, yeah. he. I'm not even Mr. talking Roper. about to clear. To be clear, I'm not talking about Don Knotts. I'm talking about fictional character, <laughs> Ralph landlord Mister Ralph. I love you. Know his first name. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. How do you not know his first name? Oh yeah. You know what, Michael? There is that. There is that. Um, it the. The baseline is great, but the baseline used to be a little, I do have a second suspect, and uh, for a variety of reasons, I think this is more likely than Charles Nelson Riley. Okay. I don't see how, but go on. Our second <laughs> and most likely suspect. Mm-hmm. Fred from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I rest my case. His, his scarf was blue. No, his scarf was very much orange. Oh, it was, wasn't it? His collar was blue. He had a gigantic blue collar. Yes, that's right. It orange was an apricot-colored scarf. scarf. Gosh. Dan's looking it up right now. Uh, he has... That is a scarf Exhibit that I would, I would describe as apricot. Yeah. It's him, you guys. That's it. We got him. We got the <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You walked into the party like you were walking into an abandoned amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) You drove your van up to Nova Scotia (laughs) and pulled the mask off an old man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, before I I get to, yeah, before I get to it, um, I'll just say you're so vain hit number one. Uh, it was the first number one hit of 1973, uh, nice. hitting the top spot the week of January 6, 1973, and staying there for three weeks. I mentioned in the top part about the clouds of my coffee came from Simon drinking coffee on an airplane. Songwriter Billy Murnett, who was with her, pointed out that the clouds were reflecting in her coffee and said, look, there are clouds in your coffee, and Simon thought it was a good line and wrote it down. Mm. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm going to borrow that. Um... Can I just point out something that I do think is interesting? Um, Mm -hmm. The fact that this was a a time when Mick Jagger could do uncredited backing vocals on a number one hit and classic song. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to talk more about that in a second. I think that has, I mean, that is certainly true, but I think that has to do with the extreme coolness of Carly Simon Mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah, but I think I don't think I don't think he would do that for just anyone. Well, no, I, I'm sure that's true, but I, I don't think 
I don't know if he's getting like backing musician royalties on this song or anything. Right. Or, I don't know. No, he was just or, in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if a song like this was released today, it would be Carly Simon featuring Mick Jagger. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. in 1972, it was like, I heard Mick Jagger's doing backing vocals. Does that, it sounds like him. Is that Mick Jagger? <laughs> right. It would be a whole thing. And Mick Jagger appears courtesy. Oh, you yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. It would be featuring. Yeah. Parentheses, F E A T, period. <laughs> yep. Mick Jagger. Close parentheses. <laughs> Who is this song about? Well, I'm going to spoil it right now. So if you don't want to know, I guess stop here. If you want to live in the mystery forever. Wait, can I stop listening? Because I don't want to know. Yes. <laughs> so, no, you're, you're stuck here. Has she ever so revealed this is, who it's about? Well, here's the thing. This is sort of similar to, like, how uh, in, like, the late 90s, they found an airplane on an island and the skeleton of a woman. And uh, that skeleton was wearing a jumpsuit that said, like, A. Earhart. And then people are still like, whatever happened to Amelia Earhart? And we're like, we found her. We 100% found her. We found like, Amelia we know what happened Earhart? to her. Yeah, All she right. crash landed on an island. They found yeah. her 1000%. And for some reason, nobody seems <laughs> to know that. But here's the thing. So here's the guy's honest truth. And I'm sorry if this is a disappointment to everyone. It's not about any one person in particular, but also it's totally about Warren Beatty. Let me explain. <laughs> Carly Simon clearly loves the mystery and, uh, of this song and has at times said contradictory things. But if we take the statements by Simon and on various other sources, we can say this. It is most likely a mix of different men, uh, one of whom is Warren Beatty, but also uh, Carly Simon has dated other powerful, probably vain and self-absorbed and rich and powerful men, but who are not all that famous. Mm-hmm. And it's also probably about that. I did find two quotes uh, one by Chris Christopherson saying that it can't be him because he flies helicopters, but not Lear jets. Um, and also James <laughs> Taylor. Wait, and also James Taylor saying it can't be him because he does fly planes, but he doesn't own a Learjet. In both cases, I would say that's not the part you guys should be refuting. I just, <laughs> I just want to be clear. <laughs> also, saying that you fly helicopters, but not Lear jets, or planes, but not Lear jets, does not make you less vain. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> James Taylor's like, look, I got seven planes, but none of them are Learjet, yeah, so yeah. it can't possibly be me. Yeah. Oh, it can't be me. I would never fly a Learjet. I just fly, you know, helicopters. I mean, the military lets me fly whatever I want. I mean, I'm Chris Christopherson, but, you know, not, mm-hmm. not a Learjet. I think it could also be about D.B. Cooper, but he... Um... He didn't really fly that plane, you know? No. <laughs> that, that, was, that was his argument. He's like, I parachuted. Yeah. <laughs> He got out. He's actually came out of hiding. He was like, I just, sorry, just to, just to set the record straight. <laughs> did not steal Learjet. I did date Carly Simon. The song's not about me. Anyway, gotta go. <laughs> oh, there he goes out the plane again with a parachute. <laughs> Man, He's doing how, that. The guy really knows how to get out of questions. You parachuted over Nova Scotia. <laughs> there also happened to be a total eclipse of the sun when you did that. In an interview around the release of her memoirs in the 2010s, Carly Simon did confirm that the second verse is about Warren Beatty. So that's the you had me several years ago when I was still quite naive. Ba ba ba. You gave the things you gave away the things you loved, and one of them was me. So that is about Warren Beatty confirmed. In another sense, the song is definitely about Warren Beatty. Because after the song was released, 
Beatty called up Carly Simon to thank her for writing a song about him, <laughs> which is to say, he is so vain, he thought this song was about him. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. On the other hand, the line about walking into a party like you're walking onto the yacht came from a friend of Carly Simon describing to her the way a man entered her party that the friend was at, but Carly Simon was not there. So, you know, there's just pieces of different right. things. Based, so what I'm trying to say is the song's about Warren Beatty, but she also took pieces from other things yeah. and gotcha. put them in there. So not, so it's not literally about Warren Beatty, but also it's about Warren but Beatty. But it's a lot about Warren Beatty. So that's the answer. Simon followed up uh, the No Secrets album in 1974 with Hot Cakes, which reached number three on the Billboard 200, and the singles Haven't Got Time for the Pain, mm-hmm. which hit Amazing. number 14 on the, on the Hot 100, and uh, Mockingbird. Uh, I don't understand. Which hit number five on the Hot 100. Have you heard Haven't Got Time for the Pain and Mockingbird? Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's bizarro world. I don't understand. I, I think it just speaks to the yeah. <laughs> the amazing popularity of Carly Simon and James Taylor at yeah. the time. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But they could have done anything, Michael. Ma King. Oh, God. I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. So I hate bad. it. I hate it. It's so <laughs> bad for two amazing artists. Thankfully, it's come up maybe three times in my entire life. So it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'll manage to survive. But they actually did in 1979, 78, on mm. her Boys in the Trees album, they did a duet on uh, the song. The It's an, a cover of an Everly Brothers song, uh, Devoted to You. And that is amazing. Sure. I'm sure it so is. So release that instead of... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, not only is that a bad version, I just genuinely don't like that song. No, I don't like song the like general. You know, daddy's gonna buy you whatever. Like, oh, it's it's a bad message. I, I don't like it. Um, all right. Anyway, so obviously Carly Simon is incredibly talented. She's done a bazillion things. She's had a career for decades, so I'm going to start speeding up here. So this is a classic. I'm not going to go through it through her entire career. There are literally like three-part PBS specials about Carly <laughs> Simon. Like there's a lot to talk about here. So Simon released the album Playing Possum in 1975 and Another Passenger in 1976, both of which did well commercially. In 1977, Simon had her biggest hit since You're So Vain when she sang And Nobody Does It Better from the James Bond film, The Spy Who Loved Me. Nobody does it better. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it half as good as you. It peaked at number two in October of 1977 and stayed there for three weeks. The entire time it was at number two, it was denied the top spot by... Michael, you want to guess? Uh, it's 1977. Nin- October 1977. Uh, is it... Is it like uh, uh, Staying Alive? Is it a Bee Gees? Uh, no. Saturday Good Night guess. Song? Good guess. That was the next number one. Think of the opposite uh, of that vibe. This song, 
But I, w- I knew this song was a hit, but I was this song was number one for like 12 weeks or something. Crazy. Really? In 1977. The whole time, the whole time it was- hint? Well, I'm going to give you a hint by telling you it. The whole oh. time it was in the top spot by- uh, you light up my life by Debbie Boone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I was on Billboard going like next week, next week, next week. It was still number one, number one, number one, number one. I believe the next number one maybe was. Uh, how deep is your love? Probably. I think it was how deep is your love. Because that right. was that was the I think the last number one of seventy seven or first number one of seventy eight, and then that was number that one sense. for a thousand years. That makes sense. Um, Still number one. So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so nobody does it better. Was nominated for an Academy Award, but lost to Last Dance by Donna Summer, which apparently is from the film Thank God It's Friday. What? I didn't yes. know that was from a movie. No clue. But did yeah, we talk about go. that? We didn't talk about that song. Well, we know, didn't talk about Last well, Dance. We talked about Donna Summer. I don't know. I'm pretty sure we talked about it on and off mic a million times. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so now between 1971 and 2009, Carly Simon has released 22 studio albums, nine compilation albums, one live album, and one Christmas album. She has had five top 10 hits, 1971's That's the Way I've Always Heard It Should Be, which hit number 10, 1972's You're So Vain, which hit number one, 1974's Mockingbird, which hit number five, 1977, Nobody Does It Better, which hit number two, Boone! And (laughs) 1978's You Belong to Me, which hit number six. That's a great song. In 1993, she wrote an opera called Romulus Hunt, which was commissioned by the Metropolitan Opera Association and the Kennedy Center. Uh, She has written the score for a number of movies, starting with Working Girl Mm -hmm. in 1989, uh, for which she won an Academy Award for the song Let the River Run. That song rocks. That is a great song. Uh, her next score was for the movie This Is My Life, a oh, forgotten film yeah. from 1992, but notable for being the first movie directed by Nora Ephron and starring Julie Kavner, better known as the voice of March Simpson. Mm-hmm. She did Heartburn in 1986, Postcards from the Edge in 1990, and of course the Piglet movie in 2003. And The Best of Pooh and the Huffalumps, too, in 2005. Yeah. Uh, she has written two memoirs and five children's books. Uh, she has 12 Grammy nominations and two wins, Best New Artist in 1972, um, which I mentioned before, and Let the River Run, which won Best Song Written Specifically for a Motion Picture or a Television. Hi, we're the Grammys. <laughs> we just make up categories. We're just going to keep on adding words to <laughs> awards. To make it make it's sense. It's like, Grammys, we have the Emmys and the Oscars. We don't need this, but, but it's fine. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I don't but, care. But music, but music. All right, you want to do jingles, I guess? What do you want to do next? I don't know. What Come do on, want. Grammys. What do you want? You don't have to um, be everything to everybody. Well, so, it's also, I mean, we've, we've also mm-hmm. talked about the Grammys sometimes getting it right, sometimes getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think a place where they got it wrong was Carly Simon... Winner of two Grammy Awards. Oh yeah, I mean, she was, yeah. Just give her all the awards. She's yeah. Carly Simon, and also none yeah. for and and how do I put this? None for any of her like studio albums or songs per se. Do you know what I mean? Right. No best A lot music, of nominations. No, no best song. No best album. You know, album. Yeah. Whatever they call it. 
But she yeah, has what? Whatever reason. 12 nominations. Yeah. Two wins. I mean, she was she nominated have... 14 times. Two of those she won. So, yeah. Well, she should have like 14 wins and 1,000 nominations, but that's sure. just me. But again, like it's, there's always a, a million things. It's like the, the yeah. charts, a million things around yeah. each win and nomination. Exactly. Um, all right. And I'm going to bring us up to the present here. Uh, and on November 5th, 2022, uh, Simon was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nice. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're so vain. <laughs> by Miss Carly Simon. Um, but the Rock right. and Roll Hall of Fame, that's another thing. Like, she was probably eligible... When was her first album? 71? So yeah. she was eligible in the 90s. Right. You know? Yeah, but the idea of what rock... What constituted rock and who would yeah, be in the Rock it's... and Roll Hall of Fame changed so much. Yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't always I mean, like, get it right either, but... I can't go into no, we're not gonna, <laughs> this right now. We're not going to. But at least she's in. That's the important Absolutely. Thing. There are other podcasts, um, even on our network, that deal with literally, that. Literally, yes. That <laughs> talk about nothing but yeah. that. So if you're interested in that, you can go over there. Uh, but we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. We want to be friends with you, so like us on Facebook for all kinds of fun story song stuff. You and the Story Song Podcast. It's the start of a beautiful friendship. All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson did we learn from You're So Vain? Rachel, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from this song? You know, here's what I learned. Nowadays, we're all looking for dairy substitutes. Uh, mm-hmm. creamers and stuff. You got your oat milk. Sure. You got your cashew your oat milk. milk. Got your almond, almond milk. milk. But you know what you mm-hmm. should try? Soy milk. You should try clouds in your coffee. Clouds yeah. in your coffee. It's real <laughs> low it's real locale. And uh won't give you stomach grumblies. Yeah. You know? And sh- and listen, Carly Simon knew that all the way back in seventy two. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> try asking for that at Starbucks. See what they say. Um, <laughs> yes, I like some clouds in my coffee. Clouds in my coffee. Is this a TikTok thing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, it's always a TikTok thing. Um, mine is really straightforward. Okay. You guys, here's what I learned. Apparently, don't buy a Learjet. I don't know why, but <laughs> that's what Chris Christopherson and James Tyler are telling me. Learjets suck. Don't buy them. Ugh. They're bad. So that's what vain. I learned. That's it. That's literally a lesson <laughs> I learned. Now, is it a lesson that's going to come up in my life? No. But it's a lesson I know. Because was I going to buy Was I gonna buy any kind of a jet? No. <laughs> but um, I do know if for some reason I'm ever buying a jet, don't get a Learjet. It's, it's uh, not good for chasing Damn. eclipses, apparently. Yes. If you're in the market, um, I have a Learjet guy. Okay. Oh. So yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get you his card. You think it's you think it's right. it's worth it, Michael? I think so. Yeah. I mean, how else are you going to see a total eclipse? I mean, it's a good point. Valid. What it's from valid. the land? It's valid. Right. Yeah, yeah. From a jet that's not a Learjet. Exactly. I mean, come on. <laughs> what <laughs> am what I? are you even doing? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Michael, what'd you learn? I learned two things from this song. Um, mm-hmm. First. 
I learned that Mockingbird singer Carly Simon had other songs. <laughs> Did not know that. Um, <laughs> I mean, is Daddy really going to buy you a diamond ring? Is that is that what's going to happen if that bird don't sing? Come on, yeah. Come on, a diamond ring for a baby. Oh, <laughs> you put a lot on that bird. Put a lot on that bird. That bird's probably scared. You got people yelling at my king bird. Yeah. 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 Stop yelling yeah. at me. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying, but I can't get a word in edgewise with all the yes. <laughs> I can't compete with a diamond ring. Yes, continue. <laughs> the second thing that I learned was um, don't you dare wear a tangerine scarf to my not yacht party. Mm -hmm. That's it. If yeah. you do, no, I agree. you will be turned away at the door. Yeah. That's a lesson for all of us. Yeah. No, yeah. this is not something I learned. This is something I want you to learn. Do not I wear a tangerine <laughs> scarf. Thank you. Do you. Apricot scarves or nothing. Uh, do you, will, now, if we show up with a tangerine scarf or, I mean, God forbid, just a straight up orange scarf, do you have, like, much like at fancy restaurants, do you have apricot scarves for us at the door? No, if that's the case, if you uh -huh. show up wearing the wrong color scarf, uh -huh. my Learjet guy is going to escort you out. Okay. On a Learjet? No. <laughs> oh, forget it. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll let you take the Learjet. Thank you. What if I show up with an album from German electronic band Tangerine Dream to your Not Yacht Party? Is that, is that okay? I mean, you could bring it we already have okay. it that's that's all we listen to at <laughs> not yet parties oh, okay that's fine oh, good good what? well then i'll be there question i'll it's be there with bells on but not a tangerine scarf question what if i make much like popcorn garland a scarf out of like dried apricots oh. does that count <laughs> actual apricots yeah does that count i mean you could certainly do that that's my scarf it was literally apricot <laughs> This is a song about so. a guy at a party who just wears a fruit roll-up wrapped around his neck. He's like, you know what? It's nature's candy necklace. It's nature's candy necklace. Oh, man. I love it. These, these birds won't stop attacking my neck. Uh, Mocking bird! Yeah. Get away from my apricots! Oh, man. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to leave it there. This has been the Story Song Podcast. If you could follow us on the socials, like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, we would appreciate it. And if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, we would be so happy, and we would read it on the show. Come back next episode when we break down another great story song. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music 
was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song Best New Artist 1961. Do you know who that was? Elvis. Michael, I'm going to tell you right now. I do not. (laughs) Bob Newhart. No. What? Stop. (laughs) Shut up. You're lying. (laughs) I swear. For the Grammys? (laughs) God, the Grammys suck. What the fuck is going on over there? (laughs) It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.